0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of Gemini Man. Tell me something. Why is it so hard for you to kill this man? He knew every
2: move of mine before I made it.
0: Forever.
2: I'd have him right there. And take the shot.
0: I want to be forever. And he'd be gone like a ghost. Do you really want to live forever? Who is he? Do you really want to live forever?
2: forever? I think I know why he's as good as you. He is you. Twenty-five years ago, they made you from me. They chose me because there's never been anybody like me. We have to end this right now. You have all of his gifts without his pain. You made a person out of another person. Then you sent me to kill him. You made a choice. To do this to me
0: this thing that you are struggling with it's fear embrace it and then overcome it
2: of all the people in the world to come after me why would he send you
0: all right everyone you were just listening to the trailer for gemini man and the story is as follows Henry Brogan is an elite assassin who becomes the target of a mysterious operative who can seemingly predict his every move. To his horror, he soon learns that the man who's trying to kill him is his younger, faster, cloned version of himself. The film is starring Will Smith, Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, and Benedict Wong. It is directed by Ang Lee, and it is written by David Benioff, Billy Ray, and Darren Lemke. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And also as a guest here on the Next Best Picture podcast for the first time ever, from KobeToldMe.com, we have Kobe Mack.
2: Yo, 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 what up? Hey, how's
0: it going, man? Glad to finally have you on. It, it is.
2: I'm uh, a big fan. longtime listener. First time guest. Like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, This is going to be interesting because there are a couple of different elements to talk about with this movie. There's also a wide range of perspective in terms of how one saw this movie. Ang Lee previously uh, dabbled in 3D with Life of Pi for the first time ever to really great results. Obviously, box office was very strong. He won an Oscar for Best Director. Then he goes into Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, does 3D again, only this time with high frame rate, and that was just not a good result. Um, the movie was very, very mixed to negative in terms of its reaction. Uh, the movie pretty much didn't do like any business whatsoever. And at the end of the day, I, I just think it was kind of a, I don't want to say failed experiment necessarily quite yet. Although I haven't really seen many, many people pick up the mantle uh, that Angley started uh, with that film and try to push it forward the same way other filmmakers did with 3D technology at the time a few years ago. But Ang Lee's back again, and he's going to try again, only this time, instead of putting uh, the technology to use in a war film, he's doing your standard action blockbuster film with a storyline that, quite frankly, I feel like we've seen many, 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 many times before. Uh, This is Gemini Man, uh, a film that perfectly fits into the canon uh, of Ang Lee alongside films such as Sense and Sensibility, *Brookback Mountain, Crouching Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kobe, you are the guest here on this show. Um, first question I'm going to ask you is your thoughts on Ang Lee, how you saw Gemini Man. Did you see it in standard, 3D, high frame rate, whatever? And ultimately, what did you think of it?
2: Yep. Yeah, so I think I tweeted at you, what... <laughs> Ang Lee is one of those directors where I don't know, like he has a distinctive style. I just think it's really hard to discern what that is because his his filmography is so different. Um, so for me, he's hard to peg. Um, like, I'll know it's an Ang Lee film if it says an Ang Lee film. And that's about it. Um, but I was one of the lucky 14 theaters to get it not in the actualized, you know, version as the uh, filmmakers wanted this film to be seen but i saw it in dolby 3d hfr 120 frames per second but 2k um i have no idea what a 4k movie would even look like um this was one of the most i don't even know if they exist in the country
0: <laughs> to be honest with you
2: and i'm surprised because like i've got you know my best friends work for amc and they're just like i don't know if that was ever even a possibility um like, <laughs> like crew members don't have the training to really work that. <laughs> it, it takes a lot to go on. But this was one of the most visually perplexing and conflicted movie-going experiences that I've had this entire year. Um, like, everything on paper should work. It's got movie stars. It's got a two-time Academy Award-winning director. It's got a David Benioff sc- – oh, okay, that's where it is. Okay, so <laughs> now we've got to get <laughs> – <laughs> filmmaking technology, I'll say this, it's probably ahead of its time, right? Like it, but it just, it doesn't satisfy enough. And we haven't been taught to interpret films that way as an audience. So
0: it, I, I like that you said that Kobe, because as I was watching this, there were a few moments in the high frame rate, uh, with the 3d, I too saw it in Dolby, uh, like IMAX, like mm-hmm. the, the whole shebang, you know, I got the full experience minus the 4k, I remember saying to myself um, audibly out loud, this is possibly the future of movies. Yeah. Like we're going to be watching like, you know, Avengers, sequels, whatever, you know, in this kind of a format. And this might become the new thing uh, that 3D was for a couple of years.
2: Oh, absolutely. It, there's a screen. What's the name of that uh there's an auditorium where it has like the three screens or it has a little bit on both sides.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're thinking of it's like, like a type of IMAX screen yeah. where it's like panoramic essentially.
2: I think what Ang Lee is going for needs to adopt that needs to have the theater to be fully immersive. So like for like the first time last Christmas, my, my young brother-in-law, he had a PlayStation VR and it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. That's what this movie felt like a lot of times. Um, when everything is away, like it looks really, really good when it's up close, only things in the foreground looks good. Everything in the background looks so artificial We're in like the uncanny, like this doesn't feel right. This is not what a movie is supposed to look like. And the the panning in this movie, my goodness gracious, I got sick. Um, the camera <laughs> movement is just, and, and, and it's, it's, it's not the cinematographer's fault. It's just like this technology, we're not ready for it. Um, so and plus, I will say this, um, this script has had to have been sitting on somebody's shelf for 15 years insert will smith and i'm pretty sure this was like a failed born ultimatum sequel script um had to have been that that sounds about right yeah, yeah. Just swap out treadstone and put in gemini <laughs> but yeah um unfortunately not even multiple will smiths uh, could make this movie work
0: okay all right with that said uh josh parm kick it over to you same question thoughts on angley how did you see the movie and what did you think of gemini man
1: well i am a really big admirer uh of angley and I think that it is true that his filmography is so incredibly diverse, and that's one of the reasons why I really like him. I like the fact that you never really know what kind of movie you're going to get with an Ang Lee film, and I find that to be incredibly fascinating, and it makes him one of the most interesting filmmakers working. And so I'm always excited for a new Ang Lee film, and I was intrigued by Gemini Man, wasn't going in with the highest of expectations, but I was interested to see what he had to offer. Uh, I also got to see this in 120 frames per second in the 2K version, so I was lucky enough to see it in at least that format. Uh, I guess lucky is a relative term. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the movie is not a complete disaster, but it is very much lacking in a lot of aspects, and I think most of that comes from the script. Um, it this script does feel like it was written in the '90s. It feels very much weighed down by cliches and laziness. But I do think that there's something to this story that had potential to be a little bit more interesting. And I could see why Angley was attracted to it. I think that there is room to actually tell a bit more of a philosophical action story. But there's just not a lot in the, the actual script that justifies it. And Yeah, it's not good, but I do see potential for it to be something more interesting. It just unfortunately doesn't get there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you guys on that. Like, to me, Ang Lee is a lot like Steven Soderbergh in the sense that, like, he'll try a bunch of different things and throw shit at the wall and see what sticks, basically. And I love the fact that Ang Lee tackles multiple different genres of filmmaking. Um, I I can't wait for the Ang Lee horror film one day that I'm sure we're going to get or the Ang Lee musical.
1: (laughs) Oh, an Ang Lee musical I would love to see.
0: Yeah. Like, I I mean, I'm just really, really excited to see what that's like. You know, you look at every single one of his movies and the guy never really ever repeats himself. And this is his stab at doing, um, whether you like it or not, just kind of a standard action flick. And yeah, the script was not there. It's a really, really, really poorly written screenplay. Um, It's so uh, standard, uh, you know, especially compared to other clone movies that we've seen before. I mean... You know, I can even think of a lot of other Will Smith action films that are so much better than this. Like, iRobot, for example, wow. is like a million times better than this movie. Yeah. Um, And then, like, in terms of, like, cloning, shit, I would rather watch The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger than <laughs> Gemini Man again, I think, uh, if I'm being completely Give me honest. Give multiplicity over this movie. What really got me, though, with Gemini Man was the um, 3D and the high frame rate, which... If I took those away and I were to just watch this in regular 2D, um, this would be one of the most unremarkable, just below average movies I've seen this year. And I feel like I would have absolutely nothing to really talk about in regards to it. Um, It's just so pedestrian to me in terms of uh, the beats of the story, where everything goes, um, the character development. I will give a little bit of credit though to this. I actually think Will Smith, God bless him, is actually really, really trying with this screenplay. Hell
2: yeah. <laughs> Everybody's trying. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead was trying. Will Smith really was trying. Clive Owen, I don't
0: know if he's capable of trying anymore. <laughs> Clive Owen, it just like, I, I mean, like, I, there was a moment in the movie where I just saw him on screen and I'm like, <sighs> You know, like I can imagine what's going through your mind right now, Clive. This is a job. <laughs> Just do your thing, get paid, get out. <laughs> you know? But everything. like Will Smith is like doing some really, really complex and emotional work dealing with uh, PTSD mm-hmm. um, and even like um, with the younger version of himself. Like he has one scene, dude, where, or dudes rather. He has <laughs> one scene where he has, I like, 10 teardrops just drop from his face (laughs) in one scene. His eyes are bloodshot red. And all I could think of in these scenes were, okay, either this is the most incredible visual effects I've ever seen in my entire life as far as recreating an actual human being in the de-aging technology, better than Irishman, better than Curious Case of Benjamin Button, better than anything I've seen before, or they used Will Smith as a reference point and they did the visual effects over him because I was under the impression that this was a full CGI creation at first. Kind of like, think of like um like General Tarkin in uh, Rogue One. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was under the impression that this was like a full-fledged CGI creation. I then later on found out that Will Smith was giving the performance. They had the dots on his face, and that was the way that they did it. Mm. Yes, yeah. And that makes perfect sense because some of the stuff that they did with his eyes, especially, I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, this is the, I'm like, either this is a human reference or this is the best visual effects like I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, well,
1: some of that seemed very inconsistent to me. Like that scene that you're talking about where he has the confrontation with Clive Owen's character. Yeah, is really well done. There's other scenes when I, the last scene. Oh, God, Honestly, <laughs> oh, the, the last thought, scene, the thought in my head was this looks like a ps4 video game
0: like oh my god like it was unbelievable how <laughs> inconsistent it was i was yeah. in shock at that last scene i was i couldn't believe it, it i thought
2: was everybody very... was just tired like i'm like wait what's going on because it's super light outside so i, I hope you guys are aware like how this is gonna look and like I- honestly that will smith is so emotional throughout the entire film um so it was a lot like it- it's it's double duty for will to play both of these roles his younger self and his older self. And yeah, there's parts and I'm like, wow, this looks good. When it's in motion, I think I'm I'm catching a little bit of the stunt double from like the back of the head, but that's really just me like, you know, really paying attention to it. Um, and the bigger the screen, I think it's it's kind of magnified. But yeah, I, I was totally unsure of how real it was. And I will say, I think what helps the performance is the editing between a lot of the action sequences because there's stuff that this young Will Smith is doing that a standard stunt performer can't do without the lending of a cut. And it's really hard to tell.
0: The other thing too, I'll just say in, in regards to the duplication of uh, Will Smith in this film also is that the younger version of him, um, I, after a while, I started kind of rolling my eyes a little bit at how much Will Smith had to like change his voice to kind of get the deepness out of it in order to make him sound young. Um, and there were just a couple of times where I, I don't know, I just felt like audibly, something just always sounded off with that character's uh, line delivery because it it seemed like Will was either... They did it using computers, you know, in post, and he just recorded his lines in standard, or he was doing something to just try and take, you know, some of the the weight out of his voice a little bit. You know what I mean?
2: He claims that he intentionally made the choice that when he was at that age, that he was a poorer performer. So he attempted to to try to do that younger performance where he was not as good as at all like and i don't know if that was the point of like trying to lend it to this particular character like he wanted to be a poorer acting performer as he was younger and that was the sell i remember hearing that interview and i just found that odd Th- that is a choice <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: well i guess when i hear that i i i guess the rationale would be that that when he's a younger person he's sort of more sheltered he's a little bit more insecure about himself. And I guess that's the interpretation that you would come to if you're saying that he's sort of giving the quote-unquote worst performance when he's <laughs> the younger self. Um, but I agree with you. It comes across kind of wooden, but not in necessarily a good way. Um, yeah, I, I also have to say, though, I think that there is something common- kind of interesting with this story that I think is there that the movie just doesn't really get into, which is this idea that you are a, you're fighting that you're, you're younger self. You are in battle with sins of your past. And if you are that clone, what existential crisis that gives you? And those are the elements that I really do think attracted Angley to this material. And I think that there is something interesting there. It's just unfortunate that the movie really is only concerned with kind of boilerplate action spectacle and it never really dives that much into it but I think that there's a nugget of a good idea there just doesn't ever get to it
0: well the good idea for me and they only start touching upon it in the third act is if you like the, the question that we sometimes ask ourselves if you can go back and relive your entire life would you do anything differently would you make the same choices that you made before or would you make different choices and when they started talking about that I was like, wow, like, that's really great. And I genuinely wish that that was more of a thorough line through the entire film instead of kind of coming up in the end.
2: Yeah. And then I felt it was almost undercut a little bit by how the last scene plays out uh, between Will Smith and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead And what, what's his name now? Is it is Did he? He gave himself a name. Jack Jackson? D- Clay Jackson Clay Jr. Jackson. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, just like, oh, you should do engineering. No, you should do computer science. Oh, you should do, I'm going to make the decision for myself.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, dude, it was like this really, really weird um, undertone of like sexual tension constantly between Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character and Will Smith. And then <laughs> I started getting weirded out that – They keep referencing that Will Smith is too old for her, and I was really, really glad that I'm like, oh, thank God the movie's not going in that direction. But then they kind of started to hint that maybe the younger version of Will Smith would be okay for her then. And I was like, wait a minute, what is going on? You know what? I actually am
1: almost 100% convinced that her character was originally written as a man. I I really feel like they made a switch later on to make that character female because – Yeah, they introduced this notion of, like, sexual tension and kind of flirting a bit. But there's nothing really about that character that feels to me like she should be a woman. And usually that always kind of reads to me as you were originally a man because they just didn't know how to write a woman.
2: (laughs) I thought they took an an, an interesting move in one of the earlier action scenes uh, with her. Um, I got, I, it was, it was choreographed well. I don't think that the, the filming technology kind of helped it. Um, everybody keeps saying like, soap. did you get like a soap opera sense from a lot of the action?
0: Um, I did get the sense that the limitations of the technology that Ang Lee was using forced him to have to shoot the action scenes in a certain way because, um, you were dealing with the high frame rate. You're dealing probably with uh, certain special types of cameras And on top of that, later on, you're dealing with a fully CGI creation. And so I kept getting this feeling during almost every single one of the action scenes to a certain degree that there were certain limitations that were put in place um, because of that.
2: Her first one, I'll say that, Josh, that's where I thought, well, there's something about the way that that choreography was done that makes it seem like, oh, yeah, this once was a male character that they kind of jerry-rigged to become male. Um, Because there's, like, typical choices that are, like, very generic and kind of, like, old hat uh, uh, from, uh, like, that old garb of filmmakers. And I'm like, oh, this could go on. Oh, it didn't. Interesting.
0: Okay. See, now, I I don't agree with that. I'm not exactly sure I agree that it was originally a male character and then uh, turned into a woman. I just think they don't – they didn't know how to write – her properly
1: (laughs) her name is her name is danny (laughs)
0: yeah
1: you know I, i i i just sometimes feel like there is a trend that you can kind of feel like where you see a female character that you know is sort of the definition of the the strong female character that doesn't take shit from anybody but it just sort of feels like it was just started as a woman or it started as a man. And I agree with you, Matt, they don't know how to write for a woman, but they just make the arbitrary change. Just feeling like that will be the only interesting thing that they bring to the table. And in doing so, they also then don't change the character a ton. And I right. think that, yeah, they can't write for a, for a woman. And that's why it was originally a man. And they just made an arbitrary change.
0: The other thing I'll, the other thing I'll also say too, just in terms of like the script kind of showing uh, its age a little bit, the Benedict Wong character, uh, who has like all of these quote unquote funny moments, were completely unfunny to me, um, and I it just it, th- those were the moments where I kind of caught on to this screams like two thousands humor. Yeah, <laughs> for, for me in terms of like a Hollywood blockbuster, and I just was like I. I I, I you know some of my audience members laughed sometimes at, at him and, you know, bless him for, you know, trying. Um, it's not bad. It's just like, I don't know. I just felt like it, it felt just so familiar. And it's just so expected that they're hitting certain beats at certain moments. And just some of the lines I just was like, I, I don't think that's funny. Oh, yeah. Mo- because I've just, I feel like I've heard it before, you know?
1: There, there's literally one character who says something like he's, wicked bored or something like that. I'm thinking, what? Who says that anymore? Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, science is wicked boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) So bizarre. My favorite line in the movie is um, something along the lines of uh, Nelson Mandela couldn't hit someone with a sniper on a moving train. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. I didn't know that.
1: (laughs) Great reference to Nelson Mandela because we're still talking about him these days.
0: (laughs) Now there's oh, there are some lines in this that I just was like, yo, I don't care how good your action scenes are. I don't care how much Will Smith is trying. I don't care the technology. I don't care this scrape This screenplay is bullshit.
2: <laughs> I mean, and, and like you said, like Will Smith is trying. Um, it always reminds me of uh, Ludacris. He was challenged to do a um, to do a rap, but using like a kid's book, and it's like even as great as a rapper that Ludacris is. He's like, pop, but doc, you know, and it's even as great as Will Smith is, it is so hard to try to like, I'm surprised like, you know, I'm trying to think how much press has he done? And I wonder, like, if I can be able to call bullshit and I'm like, yo, do you really think this is a good movie? Cause I'm an actor and granted, I understand that his paycheck is going to be uh, always a million times bigger than I can ever imagine. But I can be like, yo, this right here, like, can we do something like, can we, can I, can I just improv the scene? But this dialogue is so wordy. Like they're telling you everything. It's like, just so you know, this is what I mean. This is where I come from. Um, I love to be happy on my belly. And, you know, like, I'm like, all right. I just kind of, this reminds me of Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I wish that you, I wish there was just less talking. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I think I wish there was more um, imaginative cinematography with this. And once again, I think that's a limitation of the technology. Um, it seemed like a lot of the outdoor scenes were overly lit oh, gosh, um, yes. in order to capture the detail that they need to capture uh, with the frame rate. And the, even the nighttime scenes, uh, they just don't look great. And that's the thing that I don't like so much about like this technology and sometimes with 3D in general is that I feel like... Um, A lot of the times, the movie's visual look suffers for the effect Mm -hmm. of shooting natively in this way. Um, Now, granted, I don't like post-conversion 3D either, like, at all. But um, there are a lot of things I've just noticed in terms of the way a movie looks. Like, Hang Lee is an imaginative filmmaker and has given us some really stunning visual spectacles like over the years. And this is just not one of them. Like, this is just completely unremarkable. And I feel like it needed to be done this way because it doesn't leave room for creativity with cinematography when you're deploying all this technology.
2: Yeah. I'll say this. Every car
0: explosion looked and sounded amazing every pore on will smith looked it didn't sound i don't know but like it looked amazing. (laughs) the detail in this movie in terms of just capturing um what they were able to capture I i swear to you watching it in 3d um with the uh 2k with the frame rate and i sat in the last row so that i could like get this feeling that I would visually see stuff literally flying off of the screen and over audience members' heads and stuff. I mean, it was really wild. And I was definitely kind of awestruck by it. It looked amazing to me. But at the same time, like I said, take all of that away, watch it at home one day on television. And this movie does not really have anything to offer.
1: No, it definitely wants to sort of lead with its technology first. And I will say that there are some sequences that I found really interesting in its use of that technology, and especially with the high frame rate. There's some action sequences that didn't look like anything that I had seen before. And I don't know. You're talking about like go, the
0: scene, for example, like where uh, the gunfire is shooting all the uh, particles and stuff, and they're like trying to dodge stars. it. And, <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Oh, yeah. like. That was really, I thought that was really interesting, and their first like confrontation, that extended sequence, you know, in the building and then on the streets with the motorcycles, it it gave it a really interesting look that was unique to the film, and I think that there is potential to develop that, and that's always the thing with new technology; it's not always going to be perfect right away, but I think that there is potential. But I also agree with you, Matt, that you take that away. The movie doesn't really then have a whole lot else to stand on.
0: No, there's like one moment in the movie I remember where um, I think it's a POV shot. I could be wrong, but I think there's a POV shot where the character goes underwater.
2: Oh my, anything underwater. Yeah.
0: It looked amazing. I I, I just was blown away by some of the visuals in this movie. But once again, take all of it away. Watch it at home on your regular television screen one day, and it just looks like any other movie. Was,
2: was this the wrong genre film to try this? Could this no this was Avatar or like like you mentioned, like one of the like the MCU movies? Could this have been like a a better presentation?
0: Oh, Kobe, I have a feeling that when and if ever those Avatar sequels come out, I think our minds are going to explode. When we watch them, if if, it, if the technology is like this with that kind of level of visual, spe- you know, yeah. spectacle behind it.
2: That, that's that's true. I mean, I I I caught on to the Avatar wave late and I found it that, like the hype was like too, too much. But then I got it. But I'll say this from even as mixed as I am on this film, the parts that really work for me visually. I like I I don't know that I've ever seen a movie like this and I do not even know how to like really interpret it. So if Avatar, when they if they if and when they do ever come out. Yeah that that I, that that alone would sweep every Oscar just because of the phenomenal feat <laughs> that it's performing right
0: there. Yeah, this movie definitely has some moments in it for sure. Like that uh, motorbike uh, chase sequence through the streets uh, definitely has its moments. There's like a couple of moments where I'm like, why is he actively trying to kill him with the actual bicycle? Yeah. Like this seems <laughs> I've never so seen silly. anybody fight with a motorcycle before. It was, but it was so silly though. And if I'm Will Smith, why in God's name if the guy is, um, you know, 75 feet or whatever it is, a way with his motorcycle and he's coming at him. Why is Will Smith just standing there in front of the car waiting for him to come? Like, why isn't Will Smith just heading out yeah. and running behind the car? You know, like, what, what is going on here? It was just so weird. Um, and then there's that slow-mo shot where he does, like, the world's greatest push-up and he, like, dodges the motorcycle. Like, it, it was so silly. It's so, so silly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Plus,
2: I I, I I tweeted out, so, did what, what was the cocktail for, like, the cloning process? Like, did, did they give, like, extra like, speed and, like, enhanced senses and stuff like that?
0: Oh, yeah, no, because there's, like, one point where it's, like, the clone is practically Spider-Man, and I was like, what is going on here? Yeah,
2: I I was like, I, one, I didn't, I'm I'm curious to what, I can't remember Clive Owen's character's name, like, one, what
0: his plan was, because... Oh, wait, 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 Clive Owen's character's name is Game of Thrones character named Varys. Oh, that's
2: right, yes, that's... (laughs) All right, now, one, Clive (laughs) Owen
0: is how much older than Will Smith? In like real life?
2: Yeah, but we're supposed to believe that they're like at least like twenty five or thirty years apart because he was in his train like he was like the he started up Gemini like twenty-five years ago and he was like the you know the leader you know going that should have been like a Tommy Lee Jones. It should have been Cloud. Hmm. I needed someone that was like in his late seventies.
0: That's the weird thing too about like that whole subplot of uh Clay Varys like just being like a father figure to like the younger uh Will Smith. Um just so much of that i thought was just so i i i it, it i don't know like it it never clicked for me i don't want to say it was like it, i don't know i i like i was i just I, I don't really know how to articulate how i felt about all of that because it just seems so strange to me in terms of dialogue and how clive owen acted it and such
1: here's the thing that i kind of felt about that and I really do feel like as I was watching this movie, a thought that came into my mind was I wish the main perspective of this movie had been switched. And I wish we actually had started with the younger version and he gets introduced to his older self. And then he discovers who he actually is. Then he discovers this existential crisis of himself. And I thought that would have been a much more interesting version of the story and the thing that would have made it much more unique and to me i find all of that really interesting especially in like the science fiction realm but because it's relegated as like the b plot it doesn't really get the time it needs to really get into it but i really wish that had been the actual focus of the story because i think that's the much more interesting development that this film
2: has taken that's 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 a good call because i kept thinking you know if you're if you're a secret agent everybody gets a dossier Did Clay Jr. not see who his target was? Like, wow, this guy strangely looks like me. Uh, Dad, you want to explain this? (laughs) uh, Yeah.
1: I I mean, (laughs) our division is called Gemini. That seems kind of strange, doesn't it? (laughs) That doesn't seem like
2: it's foreshadowing at all. (laughs) Oh, man. That's – so is there – are there more?
0: I mean – The movie kind of says no. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that the movie wraps up a little way too conveniently. Um, I, listen, at the end of the day, the screenplay is just bad. It is what it, it is. is. It is a bad screenplay. And it's gone through multiple hands. Uh, multiple people uh, have tried to make this movie over the years. And, I mean, if this is the best version that one gets, at the end of the day, um, I would say see it for the technology if you can. Because I really do believe that this is maybe, possibly, the future of movies. And it's an experiment. And I think... You you think so? You think it's still an experiment? I I genuinely think that people are going to start to employ it a lot more.
1: Well, I think that to me, this technology, I think what it's still struggling with is how do you implement it when it's not big action spectacle? And unless you're making a two-hour movie that's just nothing but action, I still think they're struggling to figure out how to really use it well. And obviously Gemini Man is not the movie that shows you it but I think that they're still tinkering with it and whether or not it sticks i'm I'm not sure but it is definitely a very interesting way to see a movie and I don't want to write it off completely because of that um I don't know how it is going to be impacted in the future though I'm still I think that's still a question mark but i it feels still to me like it is experimental but they're working towards something that it could get better in.
0: All right. With that said, Kobe, I'm going to pass it to you for final thoughts. Anything that we did not talk about uh, with Gemini man that you want to bring up?
2: I think we covered the bases of this one. Um, it is very generic and at times below average, but the visuals can be a spectacle um, in times that are like really astounding and lead you to like really curious questions about the prospects of the future of filmmaking. Um, but ultimately it's, Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, all right.
2: Josh?
1: Um, The only other thing that did kind of cross my mind, and it was a very small thing in the grand scheme of things, but it did make me kind of turn my head a little bit, was that confrontation between uh, Clay and Junior where he finds out who he really is. And uh, the the Clive Owen character, Clay, literally says to him that I was a present father in your life. And I just found... oh. That's having a, right. having a, a a white guy say that to a young black man in a movie, just like, mm, that seemed kind of well, that's what weird. I mean when
0: I say, like, it was so strange. Uh, like, the dialogue just lended this, like, like, I'm telling you, it, the way that those scenes, like, played out, and every time Clive Owen had to, like, say those lines, <sighs> I just got, like, this very... It's not, I don't want to say the word creepy. I, 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 I don't know. Just it was so strange. Well, gotta lean into any, your fear, Junior.
1: <laughs> we don't get any real context about their relationship, though. That's the problem. And if this was a switched perspective and we were with the younger uh, Will Smith for most of the movie, we would get a sense of like really their dynamic and what their relationships mean to one another. But because it's only very surface level, we don't get that. And when you get a moment like a guy saying, I was your present father, unlike, you know, your other black father, just seems really weird. I, I don't think the filmmakers had any ill intent, but because you have no context for their relationship, it just comes across as strange.
2: That's where there should have been another seat at the table to say, hey, guys, because um, there, there was a flashback of Will Smith's father in the pool, right? Yes, there was. Absolutely. And it, and it, and it, it was something about it that kind of made it seem like he was never there, but... Like he was, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Five years old is too early to learn how to. When did you learn how to swim? I can't remember. <laughs> I really can't remember. <laughs> but it's like I, I didn't get enough from that scene to indicate that he was a non-present father. Um, so yeah, that like that, like and in, in, without that context, that that does seem really peculiar. Um, would have been nice if there was maybe another uh, presence of color in the writers room to say, hey,
0: let's tweak this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not ill intent, I don't think, but nobody was there to recognize that this seems strange.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, so the action in this movie, it's like... Not at the level of Mission Impossible, Born, or like anything for that matter. I mean, we've seen every element that this movie does in terms of chase sequences, fighting, gunplay, uh, even the cloning angles. Like, I feel like we've seen done better in other movies, Mm -hmm. and that I think is like the ultimate failure of this. Like, I could forgive um, some bad dialogue in the screenplay if you wowed me enough with some of your set pieces, but even that didn't do it for me. Like, this movie instead just uh, tried to like compensate for. Or um, you know, with the technology that Angley is you know producing here, and I will give it to Will Smith. Like I said, I think he's really, really trying actively, like especially in terms of conveying the PTSD and uh, the emotional arc that his character undergoes throughout this movie. And he is a very credible um, action star still to this day, even as he's starting to get up there in age. And he has that charismatic quality about him that we all love, you know. So at the end of the day. Um, I don't want to say it was one of the worst movies I've seen this year because I don't think it was necessarily. It was just one of the more unremarkable and just average movies I've seen this year um, with some bad spots to say the least. So with that said, um, I think my grade here, like I would give it a four out of 10 for the technology, but if I strip all that away, for me, it's a three out of 10. What about you, Kobe? Yep, I'm right there at a four out of 10. Okay, Josh, what about you?
1: I'm going to be a little kinder and say five out of 10. I And I think mostly that's just because I saw the potential for this story to be something more. It didn't tap into it, but I at least appreciated seeing that potential. So it's just sort of right down the middle for me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, do we think this movie has any Oscar potential for visual effects?
1: <sighs> Maybe. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily count it out. Um, I. But the problem is just that the, I think the effects are so inconsistent that –
2: it's yeah. just hard for me to say. With the results being uneven, it's it, it, it'd be hard to kind of to even to give it a nomination. Like in theory, this pushes the envelope um, with technology, but I think this may
0: do better in the um, in, in the in the science awards. Um,
2: than, like in the yeah. actual
0: big show. So now I think they're going to I think I think Irishman is actually going to do better with those because of the fact that they shot um the de-aging technology in a new way for that film that okay. hasn't been done before. Um where I said before like with this movie what I found out later that Will Smith wore dots on his face did motion capture and all of that for the younger version of himself. Like that's been done before. We've seen True. that. Yeah. Um what they what they do in Irishman is they literally did not do that at all. <laughs> they shot the actors as they are and then they went in and did everything without the aid of that which is like unreal (laughs) that's crazy Um, and even though like there are moments in this movie where I thought it was like truly truly outstanding like I said that very emotional scene with Clive Owen um, where the camera is super up close on young will smith's face i was like holy shit like this looks amazing um but then you get to that last scene
1: and you're watching a cutscene scene from uh, <laughs> <I> just, a <sighs> video game
0: This has i a don't movie. know what is going on there in that last scene and that for me is the thing that might prevent this from actually getting a visual effects nomination because also too on top of all of that Outside of the Will Smith de aging uh, technology, and because it is facing other de aging technology uh, competition in films like Captain Marvel and The Irishman, this movie doesn't have anything else really to lend over other than that. Yeah. As far as visual effects are concerned.
2: Yeah, that's true. Um, I I wasn't impressed by the sound design. Honestly, um, I I there's almost no score. Like, I really can't, it, or it's just very generic that it just kind of fades away into the background. It's just
0: generic, yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I don't see anything else at play here.
0: No, I don't. And, and it's for that reason alone. Now that I've seen the movie, I, I think I'm going to take it out of my visual effects predictions now.
1: I wouldn't be shocked if it made the 10. I, I could see it making that 10 shortlist, but I do think it's going to struggle to get into the final five.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that said... Uh, let's put a cap in Gemini man and Kobe. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Where can everyone find you on the internet?
2: Yeah, this is definitely a pleasure. Um, I thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to be able to lend my voice to this conversation. Um, you can find, uh, myself on Twitter and Instagram at Kobe told me on Facebook. If you're into that thing at Kobe Mac, all of my written reviews are at Kobe And I run the solo podcast, the
0: Kobe told me podcast. Plug me in and listen. All right, all right, Josh Parm. Where can I find you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jrparm.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Gemini Man here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you could lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.